Drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Friday. You have survived the week. Congratulations. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show for you today. We're going to make Halloween Catholic again. Can we get some hats that say that? Make Halloween Catholic again. Praise be to God. Charles Fraun is going to be our guest. You might recall, if you've been around a while now on Catholic Drive Time, we had uh, Charles Fraun on, I don't know, months and months ago about his book, uh, The Slaying Dragons Book. You can find it at theslayingdragonsbook.com. But it's a book about exorcists and what exorcists have to teach us about the diabolical. And he's put out some articles on Halloween, and we've invited him on to talk about those articles, the Catholic traditions and uh and the teaching on Halloween. That's coming up at 35 past the hour today. So if you have questions or doubts about the season of Halloween, maybe especially given the fact that the world seems to embrace a perverted image of Halloween, well, let's give you a more Catholic one at 35 past the hour. That's coming up. Coming up at 15 past the hour, there are, as I like to say, a few stories that are concerning me. Twix candy bars has gone full crazy. And we're going to have a conversation around uh, witchcraft, transgenderism, and Twix candy bars coming up at 15 past the hour. Plus, uh, there, did you catch the news? I didn't report on it yesterday. I probably should have, but it seemed a little too crazy. Uh, there was a high school that did lap dancing to their faculty. The, the teenagers did, and these were guys that did it. We're going to jump into that story a little bit coming up at 15 past the hour as well. Uh, there's just a lot to cover in the negative news. But here's the good news. Praise be to God. Uh, in the next hour, the second hour, I do share a piece of inspiring, uplifting good news. And today, I got to tell you, today is a great story. It's one of those, you know, when you're scrolling through your Facebook feed or some social media and you're like negative, negative, negative. Oh, my heavens, that's disgusting. Negative, negative. And then all of a sudden you, you find like this really good, like great, inspiring, uplifting story. And you're like a little tear forms in the corner of your eye. Today's story is kind of like that. So I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of tear jerkers, though. Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. I don't think I've ever cried before. Like ever. <sighs> Like well, not once. Not everybody can be when perfect. I was, when I was born, I don't think I cried. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah. My dad used to tell me that um, my doctor, he would pick me up and he he slapped me in the face because uh, <laughs> to try to get me to cry because, uh, you know, he made a mistake, you know. It yeah. Mm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. But there you go, folks. From but you. nonetheless, it's still good to be here. In spite of it all. In spite of it all. In spite it's still it good all. to be here. Praise be to God. And I hope everyone has a great Halloween. Oh, and that reminds me, Monday morning, uh, we will not be having a live show. There will still be a show. Don't worry. Don't fret. No tears. Why Why is that, no tears. Adrian? Why would we not be live in the it studio Monday? It is All Saints Day on Monday, which yeah. is a holy day of obligation. 
Um, I don't know about your diocese, how your diocese is handling uh, Holy Days of Obligation, but it is technically on the calendar a Holy Day of Obligation. So are we still under dispensation here in Houston? We (laughs) are uh, we are still under dispensation for some reason. Okay, Uh, but you know it is that's not my that's above my pay grade. It's way above my um, pay grade. But praise be to God, uh, the GRN gets off on uh, on All Saints Day, so we will be have making a pre recorded show all about All Saints Day. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit about the Feast of Christ the King. So that'd be super cool. Yay and amen. Praise be to God. Well, uh, I see the CDT Insiders hanging out with us on our social feeds this morning already. Good morning to all of you. Looking forward to our after show conversation, which happens in the second half of the second hour. So uh, praise be to God for that. Uh, Stick around. If you've never been a part of the after show, let me encourage you. Uh, maybe consider joining us today on this uh, Friday as we talk about Halloween and making Halloween Catholic again. Praise be to Jesus. But we're going to have a full show. Charles Fraun is going to be our guest at 35. So we have breaking news and stories. We have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, a little reflection, and then we do What's Concerning Us. All of that coming your way in this hour. Let's begin with praying for your intentions, as well as the conversion of sinners around the whole world, a fidelity, a restoration to fidelity to Holy Mother Church and her teaching, uh, in the, especially in the hierarchy, and to an opportunity this Halloween to remind the world that judgment will come at the moment of death, and we should prepare ourselves with great charity, great love, and embrace the mercy of God while we have breath in our lungs. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines. Ground News reports House Democrats again delay infrastructure vote amid party divisions. Breitbart reports North Korea tells population to eat less through 2025. Locals in North Korea revealed in remarks to Radio Free Asia on Tuesday that communist officials are encouraging civilians to eat less for at least another three years, a demand they consider akin to being told to starve to death. North Korea shut down its border with China in the immediate aftermath of the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak in early 2020, cutting off its largest trade partner. North Korea continues to claim it has not documented a single case of Chinese coronavirus within its territory in the entirety of the pandemic. Sky News reports COVID-19 vaccinated people can easily spread Delta variant in households. The research, undertaken by scientists from Imperial College London, showed how the highly transmissible COVID-19 variant can spread even among vaccinated people. The experts found people who were vaccinated and caught the virus cleared the infection more quickly, but the peak viral load remained similar to those who were unvaccinated. This means those who had been vaccinated were as infectious as unvaccinated people, but for less time. Washington Times reports U.S. jobless claims dropped to pandemic low 281,000 people. 
The number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits fell to a pandemic low last week, another sign that the job market and economy continue to recover from last year's coronavirus recession. Jobless claims dropped by 10,000 to 281,000, the lowest since mid-March 2020, the Labor Department said on Thursday. In all, 2.2 million people were collecting unemployment checks the week of October the 16th, down from 7.7 million a year earlier. Get this. This is some good manipulative media here. The Hill reports the United Nations features a dinosaur in climate message. Save your species. The United Nations featured a dinosaur in a video to highlight climate change with a dinosaur telling humans to, quote, save your species, unquote. He goes on to say, you're headed for a climate disaster. And yet every year, governments spend hundreds of billions of public funds on fossil fuel subsidies. Just imagine if we had spent hundreds of billions per year subsidizing giant meteors, unquote, the dinosaur said. Did you get it? <laughs> That's a good joke right there. The dinosaur goes on to say, quote, paying for the demise of your entire species, unquote. Uh, the video comes before the U.N. Climate Summit, COP26, where countries gather to discuss climate goals and change is, is set to begin. President Biden is expected to make a speech at the summit that focuses on the executive actions he's taken to combat climate change. And uh, the dinosaur leaves us with this nugget, quote, so here's my wild idea. Don't choose extinction, unquote. <laughs> LifeSite reports Florida Elementary School under investigation for taking students on a field trip to a gay bar. Hmm. A Florida elementary school is facing state investigation after it took elementary school students on a field trip to a local gay bar. Quote, I was so honored to be invited to chaperone Wilton Manor's elementary school field trip to the incredible Rosie's, unquote. Broward County School Board member Sarah Leonardi wrote on her Facebook page Wednesday, It's not clear what grade the students are, but Rosie's Bar and Grill is a gay bar and grill that says it wants to see customers, quote, whether you are LGBTQ plus or an ally, unquote. Leonardi did not respond to an email nor a voicemail left on her publicly available cell phone number on Thursday. Uh, however, a statement from the state said, quote, it's inappropriate to take children to a bar any type of bar on a school field trip when there are numerous educational and age-appropriate options, unquote. Christina Pushaw, a spokesman of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, told LifeSite News on Thursday. And those are your headline news. The same of the day is St. Narcissus. He was born sometime at the end of the first century. St. Narcissus was around 80 years old when he was placed at the head of the Church of Jerusalem, making him the 30th bishop of that see. Yeah, they had a high turnover rate, a lot of martyrdom then. One year on Easter Eve, the deacons did not have any oil for the lamps in the church, which was necessary at the solemn divine office on that day. Narcissus ordered that, one, that, ordered that those who had care of the lamps to bring him some water from the neighboring wells. This being done, he pronounced a devout prayer over the water, then he bade them pour it into the lamps, which they did. The water was immediately converted into oil to the great surprise of all the faithful. Another story, three persistent sinners, fearing Narcissus' severity and the observance of religious discipline, accuse him of an unimaginable crime. The sinners maintained they were telling the truth by adding additional security into their claims. If they were not speaking the truth, one wished he might perish by fire. 
another, another that he be struck with a leprosy, and a third that he might lose his sight. Nevertheless, the accusations were found to be false, and divine retribution was called upon them. The first was burnt in his house along with his whole family. The second was struck with a universal leprosy. And the third, terrified by these examples, confessed the conspiracy and slander, and by the abundance of tears which he continually shed for his sins, lost his sight before his death. Soon after, Narcissus decided to leave Jerusalem for a life of solitude. He spent several years undiscovered in his retreat, where people thought he was dead, where he enjoyed all the happiness and advantage which a, which a close conversation with God can bestow. He died sometime after 216, between the ages of 117 years old and 160. Saint Narcissus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. In front of him, there was a man suffering from dropsy, and Jesus spoke to the scholars of the law and Pharisees in reply, asking, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. So he took the man and said, After, but so he took the man, he but they kept silent. So he took the man and after he had healed him, dismissed him. Then he said to them, Who among you? If your son or ox falls into a cistern, would not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath. But they were unable to answer his question. The Gospel of the Lord. Yes. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Haydock's commentary says, What a contrast here between the actions of the Pharisees and those of our Savior. They watched all his actions in order to have an opportunity of accusing him and of putting him to death, whilst he, on the contrary, seeks after nothing but the salvation of his enemy souls. I like that last part in particular, that the intention of our Lord is to see even those who wish him to die to come to a ripe and full harvest, to a conversion experience. Imagine that, that we would wish even those that would want to kill us to, to seek after our demise, we'd want to see them saved too. Boy, that's an example that we should be uh, emulating and following in these difficult days that we find ourselves. Quoting St. Cyril, Haydock goes on to say, Our divine Savior, regardless of the wicked designs which these Pharisees meditated to destroy him, cures the sick man who did not dare to ask the favor of him for fear of the Pharisees. He could only persuade himself to stand in his presence, hoping that Christ would at length cast a compassionate look upon him, who, being well pleased with him, did not demand of him if he wished to be cured, but without demur, proceeded to work this stupendous miracle on his behalf. This man wanted to be healed, but he was afraid to ask, because those might judge him were in the midst. Don't be afraid. Do what is right. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Speed to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to talk about Halloween. We're going to talk about making Halloween Catholic again. Praise be to God. It's uh, It's been hijacked in a, in a very significant way, in my opinion. Charles Fraun is going to be our guest. He wrote the book about slaying dragons. It's a book that talks about what exorcists want us or need us to know about the devil, the diabolical, the occult, all of that. We interviewed him some months ago, but he's coming back today to talk about Halloween. So look forward to that coming up again, 35 past this hour. There are several stories I want to jump into. Here's one out of LifeSite News. Here's the headline. Candy ad pushes transgenderism punishment for kids who dare think cross-dressing is weird. This is uh, an article about a new Twix commercial. I got to be honest. I loved Twix back in the day when I would eat candy bars and and that kind of thing. I, Twix were great as a kid. I enjoyed. You got two all in the same package. Okay, I know they're the size of your finger. However, you still got two, and two was always better than one. <clears throat> and to see this ad uh, just reminds us of the world that we live in—the upside down world that tries to manipulate the minds, especially of young people. Here's a little bit of the ad or the article, rather, at LifeSite. Twix candy bars produced by candy manufacturing giant Mars, Inc. has launched an online video commercial promoting transgenderism to young, gender-confused boys while also warning other children who think that a boy dressing like a girl is weird that they they will be subject to banishment, silencing, and possibly death by witchcraft. Yes, I know. They've they've combined candy, transgenderism, cross-dressing little boys, and witchcraft all in the same ad. Yeah, yeah, gets worse. The disturbing Halloween candy ad begins with a lonely boy dressed in a purple princess costume playing by himself when a woman dressed as a goth-like witch attired completely in black shows up at the front door announcing that she is his new nanny. The duo bond. Ahead of the, and they head off to the local park where another boy criticizes him, saying, Hey, princess, you look like a girl. Why are you wearing that? You look weird. Your nanny looks weird. You guys both look weird, the boy says. 
disgusted by the boy's declaration, the nanny witch summons her powers and a strong wind quickly blows the boy away, perhaps to the netherworld. The nanny witch and the boy in the princess dress then walk off hand in hand. In just one day's time, the video has been viewed more than 150,000 times. Now, here's the, the, the kicker, though. <clears throat> we talked to uh, Jack Posobiec earlier this week about manipulative media. And I think this is a stellar example of that. Trying to normalize certain behaviors, certain uh, things to make them more normal. And this is combining some very dangerous things. Transgenderism. Uh, cross-dressing little boys, the witchcraft, the occult, all in one, everything is normal, and all of you people who think otherwise, well, you deserve banishment, punishment, and even death. I mean, in the in this little video, which I am showing to the, uh, the, the live video feed now, but you can Google this for yourself, Twix transgender witchcraft ad, or go to LifeSite News and find it there. All the people who look normal, dress normal, act normal, they're the bad guys in this video clip. They're the ones who are the villains in this video clip. And uh, they're the ones who would be dis displayed as acting uncharitably towards this little boy. You know, as Catholics, as Christians, we don't want to lack charity. We don't want to have uh, a lack of compassion for people who would find themselves in situations where they might feel either same-sex attracted or towards transgenderism or gender confusion. With great charity, compassion, and love for a neighbor, we would want to reach out to them because we know, based even not just on our faith, on, but on science too, that within that community, incredible rates of depression and suicide uh, abound at high, levels high above normal in other segments of society. In fact, we interviewed Walt Heyer on this very topic not all that long ago, who went through the, the, the change, the, the operations. He had himself castrated and lived as a woman for some time, only to discover that he, uh, that he should never have made that step. That it was a giant mistake, and he has now spent the rest of his life, he's spending the rest of his life trying to sound the alarm to help those finding themselves in this community suffering before they make a fatal error, like mutilating their bodies, for instance. Walt Heyer is being quoted in this article itself. It says, quote, no one in the history of mankind has ever changed their gender, unquote, said Walt Heyer, a man who underwent surgery to make himself appear like a woman and lived for eight years as, quote, Laura, unquote. He later experienced great regret and detransitioned, reverting to being himself, Walt, once again and for all. Walt also helps those seeking to detransition via his website. Adrian, we, we, we can link to that interview, right? Yes, we can. Um, yeah, this this story is absolutely ridiculous. I think, uh, yeah, we definitely need to check out the interview we did with uh, Walt and uh, see that story. But, you know, another point that needs to be brought up is more disgusting than than the, what's happening here is the fact that someone wrote a script for that. Yeah. Someone put yeah. that child into the costume. Somebody, some parent signed off on permission for that to happen. Somebody recorded it. Somebody edited it. And then everybody watched it. Like there's so many things wrong with this situation, and it's absolutely mind blowing the fact that this is what's happening. Another great point is the uh, the bully in the story 
shows something that is so inherent to children and to people. I was with the TFP and they're telling me this great story of, you know, there is these homosexuals uh, coming in to yell at them. And one of the children came up that was a child adopted by these homosexuals. And they came up to the TFP members and said, why are y'all doing this? Y'all are being mean. Uh, they just want to be happy. And one of the little boys, because they had a lot of uh, of children there with them. And so one of the little boys, they, they said he was like six years old, said, they're not happy. They're weird. And why is that? Why is that? What does that say exactly? The fact that they're saying that's weird. What is a child trying to get across when he says that's weird? They're saying that something here is not natural. Something here is is contrary to reason, contrary to what things are supposed to be. The bully in the story here, he doesn't actually do anything mean. He doesn't push him, beat him up or anything. He just says, you're weird, you're dressed weird, and your uh, your nanny's dressed weird. And what happens? The nanny's a literal witch in the in the story. She's yeah. a literal witch. She ends up uh, using magic to throw the child across the park. And it's like, this is what's happening here. So yeah. I think those are the, those two things are being uh, forgotten right now among the story is that all the people behind the scenes creating this story are being completely forgotten. And the, uh, and the concept that something we, we just know when we look at this, that's weird. And we should be okay with saying that, hey, that is not normal. That is contrary to the natural law. Now, children can't articulate that, but children, when they see these things, they know yeah, that's children, not right. Children don't have quite the filters that adults do. And they will, they will, they will say it like it is for sure. It's definitely a very concerning story because it takes the temperature of our times, and we are living in a times where uh, good becomes, uh, you know, bad, and bad becomes good, and we embrace these perversities. But it's the added layer of the occult on top of it that I think it makes it even more perverse than it would be normally. There's another story that I think I find very troubling. This is out of the blaze. This is about a, a story that came out a couple, it was a day or two ago, maybe. Uh, the other headline goes, high school student gave lap dances to staff, including principal for school's man pageant. Now an investigation is underway. These were boys giving lap dances in drag to to their faculty. Well, there's an article out this morning as an update to that story uh, where the mom defends the deal. The headline goes, this is out of the blaze. Mom defends man pageant where high school students gave lap dances to staff and is annoyed that the story got out. Quote, people don't know how to keep their mouths shut, unquote. This is a mother. This is, this is really insane to me. A mother vehemently defended the Kentucky High School's man pageant in which students were photographed giving lap dances to staff members, including the principal, and also was annoyed that the homecoming event made the news in the first place. Quote, people don't know how to keep their mouths shut, unquote, the mom told reporters. If I'm not mistaken, by the way, I think that the pictures were posted to Facebook, not by some whistleblower, but by the people who attended it, number one. Number two, if you're the principal or a teacher or coach, anybody at a school, would you be comfortable with anybody giving you a lap dance while at a school function for any reason whatsoever? Or just a lap dance in general? In general. Would you be all right with that? Is that is that something you find funny, comfortable, okay, normal behavior? Because I, under any circumstances, if it were a female, I'd be bothered by it. I'm bothered by it that it's males and drag even more. But in any circumstance, it's completely wrong. Um, here's a more of the article. Holly Lane, whose son and his friends participated in the Hazard High School event, according to WLEX-TV, told the station uh, the controversy has been overblown. It, quote, 
has been taken completely out of context, unquote, Lane told the station. There are only photos being shown on the Internet, no videos, so the photos don't show the teachers pushing the children off of them. Well, praise be to God for that, and I appreciate the fact that you actually said that. But they're still sitting in the chair in the photos. Good grief. She added to WLEX that pushing the limits and embarrassing teachers is part of the fun. Quote, if everybody is perfect, then I would say, yeah, maybe we do need to rethink something, unquote. Lane added to the station, but, quote, until somebody can prove that something is going on here other than just homecoming week and teenagers being teenagers, then I will support my kids, unquote. So here's the question in my mind. So what you're saying is this is normal behavior for teenagers. The picture that I'm looking at right in front of me is a picture of a boy in very scantily clad drag uh, with no shirt on touching a teacher sitting on a chair. And to the left of that teacher are other faculty members laughing, clapping, and having a good time. And I assume so is everybody else in the room, clapping, laughing, having a good time, having a laugh, because I think it's funny. I was a teenager once. I made inappropriate humor jokes all the time. But guess what? I was a pagan heathen who thought pornography was good. I also never did this, just for the record. So are we saying that this is good and normal behavior for teenagers? I... I don't know how we, how do you come to that conclusion unless we have so far embraced secularism and 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 just this agnosticism and we've lost the moral compass. St. Paul talks about how it's written on our hearts in Romans chapter 1, the natural law. Natural law should tell us our conscience should should say hey, something isn't right here. It's not normal for teenagers to be sexually suggestive, suggestive, even in a fun and entertaining type of way, let alone any other way. And adults are in the room and nobody is adulting. Is any type of fun in the name of fun okay? I, I disagree completely. I think it's very troubling. And I think as parents, I mean, these pictures are disturbing. They're just disturbing, which is part of the reason why I didn't want to cover the story, because it's just disturbing to see this stuff. As parents, we, it's not that we want to be so, uh, so stiff, so tight that we never want to laugh, never want to have a good time. But you can't have a good time as a higher priority than doing what's right and protecting your children's innocence, preserving their ability to live in a state of grace, because this is perverse. And the acceptance of it by adults seems even more perverse to me, anyway, as a parent. All right, rant over. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back with breaking news and stories. And then we're going to have Charles Farn on to make Halloween Catholic again. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Atheists often justify their atheism by saying there's no scientific evidence for God. But this is problematic for two reasons. First, science can no more detect God than a metal detector can detect plastic cups. God, who is immaterial, is beyond the scope of scientific inquiry because science is restricted to detecting matter. This leads to a second critique. The argument confuses method with reality. Science's inability to detect God says nothing whether or not God exists. It's simply a manifestation of the limitations of its detecting powers. 
To say God doesn't exist because science can't detect him is to confuse the limitations of the method for knowing reality with what is real. So it really doesn't matter that science can't detect God, and therefore is not a justifiable reason to be an atheist. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. The AP reports new airstrike in Ethiopia's Tigray capital, kids among dead. Let's keep keep them in our prayers today. Epic Times reports two people detained at Los Angeles airport after reports of armed individual. LAX said a security incident was reported about 7.30 p.m., which prompted the self-evacuation of some 300 passengers from Terminal 1 onto the airfield. Flights were temporarily grounded before the airport fully reopened by 9.12 p.m. Police said that by 7.50 p.m. there were no threat or active shooter at the airport. According to the statement from LAX, no shots were fired and no weapon was recovered, the airport added. The Daily Wire reports Andrew Cuomo charged with sex crime in Albany, New York. A misdemeanor criminal complaint was filed against former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo in Albany City Court on Thursday, charging Cuomo with a sex crime, the Class A misdemeanor of forcible touching. The charge stems from New York Attorney General Letizia James's investigation into complaints that the governor engaged in inappropriate behavior while in office. James's office's final report alleged that Cuomo groped a staff member's breast at the governor's mansion in Albany last December. Quote, the name of the alleged victim was redacted for the complaint, but the allegations line up with those made by former Cuomo aide Brittany Comissio, age 33, unquote. CNET reports Facebook renames itself Meta amid controversy. Facebook said Thursday it's rebranding itself as Meta to reflect the company's focus on building the Metaverse, a virtual world where people work, play, learn, and connect with their friends and family. Meta will be a new corporate brand that will preside over Facebook and its services, including photo app, Instagram, messaging app, WhatsApp, and its virtual and augmented reality efforts. Facebook says it will start trading under the new stock ticker MVRS on December the 1st. The widely rumored rebranding underscores how Facebook, founded in 2004, has grown beyond social networking. Facebook owns virtual reality headset maker Oculus, built portal video chat devices, and teamed up with Ray-Ban to release its first pair of smart glasses this year. It's also the most high-profile branding of a tech company since 2015 when Google formed its parent company, Alphabet. Breitbart reports Vatican cancels live broadcast of Biden greeting Pope. 
The Vatican on Thursday abruptly canceled the planned live broadcast of U.S. President Joe Biden meeting Pope Francis, the latest restriction to media coverage of the Holy See. The Vatican Press Office provided no explanation for why the live broadcast of Biden's visit had been trimmed to cover just the arrival of the president's motorcade in the courtyard of the Apostolic Palace, where a Vatican Monsignor would greet him. Cancelled was any live coverage of Biden actually greeting Francis in the palace throne room, as well as the live footage of the two men sitting down to begin their private talks in Francis's library, at which time cameras would normally have been stopped. The Vatican said it would provide edited footage of the encounter after the fact to accredited media. Biden, the second Catholic U.S. president, has met Francis three previous times, but this will be his first as president. The audience was being closely monitored since U.S. bishops are due to meet in just a few weeks for their annual fall convention, with one of the agenda items inspired by conservatives who contend that Biden's support for abortion rights should disqualify him from receiving communion. And those are your headline news. Praise be to God. Joining us right now again on the show, praise be to Jesus, is uh, the author of Slaying Dragons, What Exorcists See and What We Should Know, uh, Charles Fron. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for being a part of our program again. Yes, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we want to talk about Halloween and uh, maybe thinking about how we might make Halloween Catholic again. Praise be to God. I, uh, you know, it's interesting because as a kid, I celebrated Halloween quite a bit. But as a Catholic fa- father and husband, we tend not to celebrate Halloween all that much. Uh, we prefer to focus on All Saints Day and All Souls Day uh, as a part of our tradition. I think part of our issue and many parents' issues are we see, in spite of the traditions of the of the Halloween uh, season, we see a total perversion of that in in our modern society, and we choose not to celebrate that. And you've written some great articles on this topic. What have you found in your research? Yeah, so what you just mentioned is um, what everybody's struggling with. Uh, there are essentially two Halloweens that we have a, a rivalry with. So the traditional Halloween is All Hallows' Eve. So it's the word is connected to All Saints. So like you said, the preference is to celebrate All Saints. And what the real Catholic celebration of Halloween is pulling from All Saints and All Souls So it should have a quality that is reflecting the feast day that's coming next, the Holy Day of Obligation, November 1st, and then the the, uh, reflection on the Holy Souls um, uh, for the whole month of November. So so in the research I did, because as I mentioned in the the article, which was on 1 Peter 5, I was a high school theology teacher for 10 years, and I always struggled to answer the question for the kids when Halloween came, like, what what is Halloween? What do you do with Halloween? I always struggled, so I finally sat down to the research, and it goes back, of course, to the um, All Saints, goes back to the 8th century, but the traditions and the customs throughout the world vary per custom, uh, per culture, but they include things that are like soul cakes, you know, trick-or-treating comes from this idea of soul cakes and some other traditions. It's a big hodgepodge. Halloween is a very mysterious thing, like when it comes to the, the millennia prior to us, like what do they do, where did all this stuff come from? And uh, so there is a Catholic way to celebrate it, but uh, like I said, reflecting all saints and this, what's coming next, the next day. And there's a vigil mass, you know, there's a Halloween, All Hallows Eve has a traditional and the traditional rite, traditional mass and all, uh, a vigil for all saints. And this year, especially, 
Um, Christ the King falls on Halloween, falls on October 31st in the traditional mass. And I wrote, wrote another article, which is coming out tomorrow, which talks about that because the readings for the Vigil of All Saints and the readings for Christ the King, which Pius XI put on the last Sunday prior to All Saints for a reason, because there's this this uh, this unity. And if you, if you look back in the history, there's been a reflection on death in the church. Uh, there are these things called uh, the Dance of Death, uh, where people put on these plays, um, forcing people of all all walks of life, all states of life, from the peasant to the king, to focus on the fact that death is going to come for them at one point. And that's okay, because that is what transports us, essentially, moves us from this life to the eternal life, as long as we're prepared. So back, I think it was back in the 14th century when plagues and epidemics were rampant. Um, there was a reflection on death all the time. So that was incorporated into Halloween, and all saints and all souls in the month of November. <clears throat> but what we see now, as you mentioned, um, we don't do a big thing for Halloween either, because to celebrate Halloween in the United States means you're essentially copying the culture. And mm. what the culture is doing is not Christian and is, is possibly even satanic, depending on what you're looking at. So we have two Halloweens that we're, we're looking at. Traditional, can we do it Catholic Halloween and what the society is doing, which is becoming more and more explicitly satanic and horrific and just ghoulish and devilish. And we don't want to be any, have any part to do with that. But in the debate, some people want to have Christians just leave Halloween, you know, to the past. Like it's done. It's corrupted. We can't do anything with it. And then there's the other camp that wants to try to redeem it, try to f- look back to the past, develop new traditions. Because a lot of traditions in the church develop from cultures, from customs, from peoples, from times. And we could rejuvenate Halloween and take it back from the satanic culture. And that's one of the points I make. I think it's in the article that was posted. Maybe it's in the one coming up that we can't afford to give Satan uh, another day. We can't Mm -hmm. afford to let go of Halloween, which has its connection to all saints, and let the Satanists take it. Because exorcists say that October 31st is a, a New Year's Eve, a magical New Year's Eve for witchcraft and the occult and Satanism. And we can't just let that become the law of the land, so to speak, you know, like Christmas has been corrupted. um, We still have to celebrate Christmas in a Catholic way and fight back against the culture. Mm. So there's, so my thought is let's do that. We need to do that with Halloween, not let it go. We're talking with Charles Fraun. He is the author of Slaying Dragons. Uh, You can find his book on his website, by the way, which we encourage you to do. TheSlayingDragonsBook.com is the website. He also has some articles there on Halloween, a couple of which, Halloween versus the world, and Don't Celebrate Hell hell This Halloween. Uh, Both very good articles. We're going to link to both of them, but uh, you can find them on the website, TheSlayingDragons.com. We have just a couple of minutes left, um, and uh, we have some people commenting here, Uh, Clarissa and our and our group says i know a lot of people say dress your kids up as saints is that the only way what is my what is my kids grown up seeing my kids have grown up seeing all their friends with cool costumes is a costume that is not demonic okay i.e firemen or whatever is it okay for kids to dress up in sort of secular costumes like their friends well and that's one point i i touch on in one of the articles that um it's, it's almost like baby steps. So if we started, if we, if, and this is one of the research points I haven't completed, a hundred years ago in the United States, I, I don't know what we did. Did we ever dress up as saints? So let's say we did. Like the, there used to be a Christian custom of dressing up of saints 
as saints. If we step away from that, celebrate Halloween, but make it secular, you know, Christians, Christians in this culture, in this whole world are becoming increasingly, increasingly secularized. So if Christians celebrate Halloween and dress up like firemen, well, that's not a holy day. There's nothing Christian about dressing up like a fireman going door to door for candy. That's mm. just a fun neighborhood event. Like, what's the point? Um, but so if you start doing that and think, oh, that's fine. That's what Halloween's all about. We dress up like something fun. Well, the next step is is for the occult to sneak in because this is now a secularized event. It has nothing to do with God. And therefore, if the Satanists and the witchcraft people like it, then they will just take it. Hold that thought. Charles Fraun is our guest. We're going to come right back after this very short break, talking about Halloween, making Halloween Catholic again, and answering some of your questions. Uh, at least if you're chatting with us on one of the live video feeds, you can put a question there, and we'll try to get sneak that in. But we're we'll, going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way next. This is Dale Alfquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Adrian and I were just having a hotly contested debate over whether or not zombies were normal. Uh, I said no. Dur- during the break. <laughs> just for the record. So Charles Fraun is our guest. Uh, he's the author of Slaying Dragons, What Exorcists See and What We Should Know, which you can find linked up. You can find it on Amazon for sure, but you can also find it on theslayingdragonsbook.com, which we encourage you to check out. The Slaying Book. Uh, DeslayingDragonsBook.com. Welcome back to the show, Charles. We were talking about costumes a minute ago, and uh, and it seems like your point was dressing up like firefighters, things like there's more banal, innocent type of things, is really just missing an opportunity. Was that a fair statement? Oh yeah. So missing an opportunity. Um, for, so two two things really missing an opportunity because if you're going door to door, if your kids are going door to door for candy. Or if you are just manning your porch to give out candy and you're dressed up like a fireman, well, that, that, that does nothing for the, if you're Catholic, why would you do that? Like the next day, this is the vigil of all saints and you want the whole world to embrace Christ and, and become saints, but you're dressing up like a fireman. Uh, missed opportunity. Yeah. And then if the more, because we are in a secularized 
um, culture, a post-Christian secularized culture, which is, creates a spiritual vacuum, spiritual void. The, the occult is, is filling it. That is what happens. When you create a religious vacuum where God is not, the, the demons will come in. That's just how it works. So if we continue to let Halloween become secular, secularized, just this fun, party, innocent, whatever um, thing, especially knowing that the occult likes that day, like we're just setting things up. So then my, one of my other points is that gradually you'll start dressing up like, like the cult, like the satanic culture wants people to dress up for Halloween with, you know, vampires with blood coming out of your mouth or disfigurements or uh, horrific scenes in your front lawn. The, the, the lawn displays are getting worse every year. And I live in a very small neighborhood. We don't even have trick or treaters come through, which is great. It's great. It saves me a problem <laughs> trying to explain things to my kids. Um, but so the, but the lawn display still, even in this neighborhood and just wherever I drive, I'm like, wow, this is, what like, about, what are you celebrating? What about haunted houses? You know, the, uh, we used to, as we used to go to, I mean, one of my very first, uh, live broadcast as a radio professional was at a haunted house. Um, this was very, very standard, very common, uh, but the pandemic seems to have put a kibosh on a lot of that. Uh, since they went out of business, uh, at least locally. But what about haunted houses? Would it be okay for Catholics to participate in going to these haunted houses? Yeah, I would say, so there's a a lot of people, I think it's the secularization that is the cause for a lot of debates that seem unnecessary. So Catholics debate, can we watch horror movies or exorcism movies or go to haunted houses, you know, the pretend, the performance staged haunted houses. It goes to this point of like, is it okay to be, is it a good thing to seek fright and fear? Like, is that a good form of entertainment? Mm. And in my opinion, no. Like, why would we want to terrorize ourselves? <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I think I was uh, probably seven, when it was taken to a haunted house and some guy came at me with a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just could not tolerate that. And they stopped it. They realized, okay, they pushed them too far. And then the guy took off his mask. There's no chain on my chainsaw. It's okay. You're okay. And then we left. <laughs> well, like, what's the point? Like this does damage, especially with yeah. the kid. This damages your mind. This, this fear, like this addiction to fear. And that's what the devil does. Like I wrote an article somewhere um, exploring the right of exorcism. And in the right of exorcism, it talks about how the devil loves to instill fear, fear, mm -hmm. fear, 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 and crush us under fear. And that's what we're dealing with this whole, you know, COVID thing everywhere. It's a lot of people are afraid. Everybody's afraid. They don't want to act like they used to act normal. And, um, and the fear part, I mean, a fear of death is okay. Like a fear of death that motivates you to holiness, not a fear of death that cripples you. That's, those are the two different things. That's what Satan is doing. So if Halloween is a time for us to reflect on our mortality and judgment, which is what the church kind of emphasizes, then that's done with hope if you're a Christian, but it's done with despair if you are in the occult or in the world or have no God. Like, you don't know what death's all about. That's the cure. One of the big cures that our Lord brought was, do not fear death. Cling to me, and I will take you to life. But if that message is gone and people are seeing death everywhere on Halloween, especially morbid, you know, grotesque death, that's just terrorizing. You know, I wanted to uh, focus on something real quick, the demonic aspect of it. You mentioned earlier how this becomes like a satanic day. Um, so how much should we, you know, people say often, well, this is the day that the witches have more power. How true is that? And things like I've heard uh, Protestant pastors say things like, don't even go and buy Halloween candy during Halloween because it's been cursed. Um, and I know personally, I mean, Halloween candy is you know usually on discount, so I mean I kind of get candy right. during that time period. Uh, but you know the so that kind of thing. So are are should we just like 
completely avoid all these things? Is Halloween cursed? Is it, is it demonic? Is everything uh, cursed? And like, how, how do we approach this? Yeah, exorcists. So exorcists talk about the fact that it's um, a New Year's, a magical New Year's Eve. So it's a special day for Satanists and, witch, and witches. So they perform different rituals. They're excited. They're doing special things. This is the inauguration of a new magical year. And, say, and exorcists have pointed out that they and some of the people they deal with who are possessed are, are attacked in a special way, in a particular stronger way on Halloween, because it must be the case that witches are, are cursing, doing more rituals and issuing more curses, however that actually works. Whether they're cursing all the candy, um, you know, more and more traditional priests have encouraged me, and I've seen them doing it, are bless every single thing before you eat it or drink it. Because one of the things, things can be cursed. Demons can infest food. Witches can curse food. This is a, this is a reality. You know, it's not a comfortable reality, but it is. So the blessing over your food that we were supposed to say before we eat anything, um, you think about St. Benedict, the great story where he blessed his, his food before he ate it, and the, the monks had poisoned his wine, and the chalice shattered, so he knew that it was poisoned. And that was a work of the devil, essentially, through the monks, you know, who just didn't like him. So bless everything, because you never know. Now, whether I've been wanting to ask exorcists, do witches just go through stores and curse things, you know, and and what? <laughs> I wouldn't put and it that past can have them an anyway. impact. Sorry, what? I wouldn't put it past them anyway. Yeah, they would at least try, but whether it, it has any effect. So right. you asked whether um, witches have more power on Halloween. Well, so this is a so abortion factors into this. So the more witches don't have power, they just convince demons to go along with with what they want because we have satanists and witches have no authority over demons they can't make demons do anything demons only do something when god allows it in order to uh get us to be to sin and to be damned they're just trying to get us into hell so they'll play along just because it encourages them to, to commit mortal sins but the more a satanist or a witch binds him or herself to a demon the more the demon is willing to do. So then you could have stronger curses or stronger activity. And Halloween, if they're doing worse rituals like abortion-related things or, or or whatever else, there could be essentially a greater influence. Mm. Uh, real quickly, in your article, which I highly recommend people check out, you said it's on 1 Peter 5. You said, uh, Hollow Tide is not a time where hell has more power, as many pagans believe, just the opposite. Hell faces heaven's fury in a particular way as more graces are more av- made available to the faithful as the graces of the holy day and the plenary indulgences for the poor souls in purgatory. Could you speak about uh, that aspect of your article? Yeah, that was one of the points that I, I really, when I was writing it, I'm like, oh, this, this makes a lot of sense that hell faces heaven's fury. So think about the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. When Christ commanded Peter with authority, he set the church uh, against hell, like we're coming after hell. Hell cannot stand on the earth. Hell will be eradicated from the earth. As the church spreads hell, the kingdom of Satan will disappear. So there are these false beliefs, these superstitions that the veil between the this world and the dead is thin on Halloween and the dead can cross over. Like these are, this is not true. This is not real. This is not where darkness reigns because that's just not how God operates. God doesn't give Satan holy days or Satan special days where he can dispense his his diabolicalness. So, but what's really happening is 
the fir- we have an octave. November 1st to the 8th is, is essentially an octave dedicated to the poor souls in purgatory where more plenary indulgences are available, easily available to all the faithful to acquire for the souls in purgatory. And then you have a solemnity, all saints, where we're celebrating heaven. We're celebrating those who triumphed over Satan. So the Vigil Mass, which is All, Hol- all Hallows' Eve, which is Halloween, is the beginning of the celebration of the victory over darkness, the crushing of Satan. So Halloween is the day where the church begins to celebrate a feast of crushing Satan. So this is the worst day. I think maybe that's why the Satanists and witches made it a magical New Year's Eve, because they're scared. Mm. And they're trying to trying to fight back against the church's activity. And the more secular we become, the less effective it's going to be in the, the world and in our country. We only have a couple of minutes left with Charles Fraun, our guest. You were talking a minute ago about blessing everything, and I was thinking, Lord, please bless this chocolate to my health. And all of these goodies, you know, that, that's the prayer maybe we ought to be praying. But uh, interestingly enough, Paul in Buffalo asks, uh, he wants to know more about the, the fact that we give out sweets at, at Halloween time. And he, he says it's a temptation, really, uh, because too much junk food is not good for us, right? Was it ever intentional to be a temptation? Oh, like uh, giving out all this candy and intending to tempt yeah. people to gluttony. In your articles, you talk about how uh, you have this special bread that was given out in places like Ireland and England, and that sort of made its way into now giving out junk candy food uh, to kids. That seems like a uh, going down the wrong road, does it not? Especially, yes. And, and there are some other origins of where the candy comes from, the trick-or-treating just to scare away, superstitiously to scare away evil spirits. Um, you pacify them with the candy. But soul cakes for November 2nd, where you exchange prayers. I will pray Mm. for the departed souls of your family if you give me this yummy spiced soul cake that you made. Like you didn't buy it from a store, you made it. And now it's devolved to junk candy that will make you really sick. And the person's giving it to you because you said trick or treat, like give me candy or I'll throw eggs at your house. Essentially, (laughs) Like that, there's nothing Christian about (laughs) trick or treat. So when we use the word trick or treat, I'm like, I don't... I don't think we should keep that jargon. You know? <laughs> I'm going to throw eggs at your house in good Catholic Christian way, of course. You know, threaten <laughs> right. you unless you give me the junk food I desire most. Uh, well, we are out of time. Charles Fraun, thank you for your time today. Uh, we are going to link up on our social feeds anyway these articles uh, over on your website, theslaindragonsbook.com. Check it out, theslaindragonsbook.com. Uh, Charles Fraun, happy uh, All Souls, a happy uh, All Hallows Eve to you. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for hour number one. We have survived it. God is so very good. In the second hour, I have a good piece of news to share with you. Some inspiring, uplifting news, especially after all that insanity happening in our world that we covered this hour in the news segments. So some inspirational stuff. Plus, today is the day we give out the prizes on our game show. All that coming up in the second hour for those of you that are able to join us. You can hang out with us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. See you on Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. 
Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false God does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false God when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true Queen of Heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary, we honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday. You have survived the week. Congratulations. The weekend is upon you. And good news, good news. We have a holy day of obligation coming up on Monday. So that means we will not be live in studio on Monday. We're going to be off. But the good news is Adrian Fonseca has uh, is producing a, some special content for you. So do not fear. And we just wrapped up a great conversation with Charles Fraun on Halloween. Make Halloween Catholic again, praise be to Jesus. It was an interesting conversation. We had uh, a lot of great points covered, so we're going to be posting that content on our social feeds. Make sure you get that, and if you didn't, or if you weren't able to join us last hour. Plus, we covered some very disturbing, disturbing stories, and we live in interesting times. Great opportunity for 
doing saintly things, right? Uh, because the, the times we live in are disturbing at best. But this hour, I have good news to share with you. Praise be to God. Some inspiring news is headed your way next, as well as Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a little bit of a reflection, probably from a Cornelius Alapide. That's coming up, headed your way. And then, of course, we play our game show, Fear and Trembling. And today is the day where... We draw a name out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and we announce it live on the radio. But before we do that, we give you three last chances to get in on that drawing. You could win. Still, it's possible. But you have to be the caller at 15 past the hour this hour to uh, to be our contestant. We'll give you the phone number. But, of course, you're able to you know, find it on our website, plus the rules. All of it's there. Just go to GRN. Online.com forward slash CDT. Speaking of incredibly scary, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Boo. Boo. Very scary. Very, very scary. But nonetheless, it's still good to be here. In despite spite of the it fact all. that I am a oh, terrifying human being, it is uh, still good to be here. <laughs> uh, here. There you go, folks. There you go. Today I'm going uh, to a uh, fall festival or to a uh, to one of those, what do they call them? Farmer markets. There we go. Farmer I could, markets. I was going to come to it yeah. eventually. And uh, me and some friends from church are going to go go through uh, corn maze and that kind of thing. It's going to be fun. Will you so buy we'll vegetables and fruits? Uh, probably not. I probably won't. Um, uh, probably just go to the corn maze and probably um, uh, get some pecans or something. I don't know. Something like that. Is it pecan we'll or is it pecan? It's, uh, pecan is a different thing. Uh, pecan is, is the food. You know, it, pe- pe- <laughs> pecan. are you referring to the bird? Uh, a pecan. Nope. Nope. A pecan is a candy pecan. Uh, pecan <laughs> is uh, is something you eat. Oh my! So a bit, little, little different, very different uh, from uh, one another, just a tad bit. But praise be to God, it's going to be a great weekend. I'm super excited. And on Monday, you're not going to want to miss the show. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about All Saints Day, how you can get the indulgences during uh, the month of November, and how we can uh, get indulgences for your your uh, departed loved ones during this, uh, especially during the first week of All Saints, uh, that whole week, the Holy Day of Obligation. We're going to talk about the Feast of Christ the King, uh, Christ reigning over the world, so many cool things. You're gonna not going to miss the show on Monday. <laughs> All right. Well, praise be to God. There's already now a debate sparking in the comment box, whether pecan or pecan. I don't know. What do you think? You can join us in the after show and you can chime in on that because the after show is fun. We, we get more casual. We talk about whatever you want to talk about. And if you fail to provide talking points, we always talk about food and movies. Probably Halloween today. Probably Halloween today. So uh, it'll be an interesting after show coming up the second half of this hour on our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, odyssey.com, and maybe someday Rumble, too. We're we're thinking about it, but I'm not quite ready there. (laughs) We'll get there, though. At any rate, you can find all the links and watch live right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. By the way, I sent an email out last night to the CDT insiders. That includes the very scary notion of the fewness that are saved, a homily given by St. Lawrence of Port Maurice. Spooky sermon. Read by Adrian Fonseca. And that was sent to uh, the email inboxes of all the CDT insiders last night. So if you want to get that for yourself, if you join the CDT inside insider email list today, you'll receive it on Sunday. Uh, about, about the time you're getting out of church, probably. 
Uh, so go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can sign up to the CDT Insider List as well. Let's uh, pray and dive into our good news for this hour. Praise be to God. We covered the, the difficult news in the first hour, inspiring news in the second, and it's usually a lot of fun. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your good news for today. Epic Times reports, firefighter photographed reading storybook to little girl at scene of accident goes viral. I love these types of stories. I just do. In a moment of trauma, a calm voice can be as invaluable as any medical care first responders can provide at the scene of an accident. In Billings, Montana, one firefighter on September the 29th encountered a little girl at the scene of a motor vehicle collision near the intersection of Broadwater Avenue and 2nd Street. He used his voice to read her a storybook and offer the reassurance she needed amidst the crisis. The firefighter, Ryan Benton, humbly declined to comment to Q2 News, insisting that he was just doing his job, but one of his colleagues caught the storytelling interaction on camera and Billings firefighters posted it on their Instagram page, garnering Benton the credit he is due. Quote, we're going to take care of the job we're doing there first. Unquote, said Billings engineer firefighter Cameron Abel. Quote, that's our first priority. But there's a lot of times after, like the story you saw in the social media post, that firefighter Ryan, he was there. They were cleaning up the car accident. And so he took it upon himself to take time to make those kids feel safe, unquote. Outfitted with more than just fire and rescue equipment, the firefighters stow special book bags for responding to children at traumatic situations. For about three years, said Abel, Rimrock Credit Union and uh, Usborne Books have been supplying the bags in case of such instances. Quote, the book bags were an idea to bring some calm into their lives, to bring some sensibility into all of the really stressful situations, he, unquote, he said. He goes on to say, there's a lot of things that uh, goes on that they may not understand or they're just overwhelmed by. That kind of uh, can bring some tense and and they want to bring normalcy into their life in a really horrible situation. He goes on to say something that we deal with on a day-to-day, day-in-and-day-out basis with parents that may not be able to cope with yet because they're also going through the same situation, he added. The sense of calm that may be brought to them by this effort is incredible. Abel credited Benton for his great work, but added that he's probably going to kill me for putting him in the spotlight when he's just doing his job. I love these types of stories. Firefighters, police officers in the midst of crazy, stopping to take a moment and doing something special and incredible. It's very inspirational. Let's spread the word. And that's your good news for today. The saint of the day is Saint Narcissus, not uh, narcissistic. Narcissus. Now, some near near the uh, he was born sometime near the end of the first century. Saint Narcissus was around 80 years old when he was placed at the head of the Church of Jerusalem making him the 30th bishop of that see. 30 bishops in less than 100 years. 
lots of martyrs. One year on Easter Eve, the deacons did not have any oil for the lamps in the church, which was necessary for the solemn divine office on that day. Narcissus ordered that those who had care of the lamps to bring him some water from the neighboring wells. This being done, he pronounced a devout prayer over the water and then bade it be poured into the lamps, which they did. The water was immediately converted into oil to the great surprise of all the faithful. Here's another story. Three persistent sinners fearing Narcissus' severity and the observance of religious discipline accused him of an unimaginable crime. The sinners maintained that they were telling the truth by adding additional security into their claims. If they were not speaking the truth, one wished he might perish by fire, another that he might be struck with the leprosy, and the third that he might lose his sight. Nevertheless, their accusations were found to be false and divine retribution was called upon them. The first was burnt in his house, along with his whole family. The second was struck with the universal leprosy. And the third, terrified by these examples, confessed the conspiracy and slander, and by the abundance of tears which he continually shed for his sins. He lost his sight before his death. Soon after, Narcissus decided to leave Jerusalem for a life of solitude, and he spent the rest of his years undiscovered in his and retreat. He died sometime after 216 between the ages of 117 and 160. St. Narcissus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. In front of him there was a man suffering from dropsy, and Jesus spoke to the scholars of the law and the Pharisees in reply, asking, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. So he took the man, and after he had healed him, dismissed him. Then he said to them, Who among you, if your son or ox falls into a cistern, would not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? But they were unable to answer his question. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, By these words he so refutes his watchers, the Pharisees, as to condemn them also of covetousness, who in the deliverance of animals consult their own desire of wealth. How much more than ought Christ to deliver a man who is much better than cattle? What did you find, Adrian? Oh, this is great. I'm going to focus on the same passage in regards to this. He says, what does he say here? He says, which has fallen in uh, consulting not the good of the animal, but your own avarice. How much more ought I to deliver a man who is much better than a beast? I want to focus on that line right there. How, uh, how much more ought I to deliver a man who is much better than a beast? This is very important because right now this is the error of our day where we are treating animals, we are trying to have this egalitarian society tries promoting animals to raising them up to be humans and then dragging humans down to be equivalent to animals. And we have completely inversed the situation. And the Jews were doing this then. Aquinas Lapide says that the ox and the ass represent the wise and the foolish, or the Jews because the Jews were oppressed by the burden of the law and the Gentiles not subject to reason. Now, this is important because here we see that we have an understanding innately. Well, I mean, if my, if my livelihood breaks down, if my livelihood falls into a ditch, well, I got to get that thing out of there in order or else I'm not going to be able to make ends meet by tomorrow. Yet, what does our Lord say? He said, if you're willing to do that for your animal, 
If you're willing to do that for uh, covetousness, is what Cornelius Lapide says. He says, uh, they were not to violate the Sabbath by a work of covetousness, who were arguing that he did so by a work of charity. And he's saying, if you have your animal falls in the ditch, you will argue, oh, well, you know, it's not covetousness. It's not out of greed that I'm saving my these animals. Uh, and no, instead, it's, this is charity that I'm doing this. It's charity for my family. It's charity for others because I have to make ends meet. If I don't have the money, I won't be able to hire my servants, so on and so forth. Animals are not the same as man. Animals are lesser than man. If we treat animals with such dignity, if we build statues of uh, gorillas in New York, if we uh, cry over the death of animals, but we don't weep over poor sinners, if we don't weep over babies being murdered in the womb, how can we look at ourselves and say that we are like Christ and not like the Jews and the Gentiles in this situation? I think that's the uh, primary thing to go here, but also there's about four dozen other things that Cornelius Lapide brings up. He's not – he doesn't have very many points or, or opinions, does he? Not many. Not many. Uh, anyway, that is going to do it for the Gospel Reflection, Reflection today. I want to thank verboom.com forward slash GRN for giving us the tools to dive deep quick with the commentaries that link straight away to the Gospel, making it super easy to dive fast into that. Verboom with a V. That's V-E-R-B-U-M. Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Thank you for your generous sponsorship. All right. It is time to play the game Fear and Trembling. We have three Catholic trivia questions. By the way, all... Halloween related. It's going to be fun. It's themed today. Your last three chances to get in on the prize drawing, which happens today. It's going to happen just a little bit. So call right now if you want to be in on that drawing at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, 
sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But before I tell you what that is, if I tell you at all, uh, we need a caller on the line. The lines are open. Phone line is 877-757-9424. If you've never played our game before, what an opportunity. You, uh, you're you going to find it's fun and easy. 877-757-9424. If you haven't played in a while, you can call again. 877-757-9424. And today's the day we give out prizes. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. 877-757-9424. But here is the deal. We do have a secret and hidden agenda, okay? But we just don't tell anybody. We like to keep it between us. So if you promise not to spread this around, well, then I'll tell you. All right, so here's the deal. We like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something. You never know. And then, of course, we like to have fun. We like to have a good laugh with our callers, and they tend to be really good sports, and and we we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. Um, If you're just joining us, we still have no money on the line, so your chance to play the game and win is super easy right now. Just call 877-757-9424. We have three Catholic trivia questions, and... No, uh, nobody has to know the answers to still win, right? You could get all three wrong and still win the game. The reason is because I don't ask the caller the questions. Instead, I will ask Janice and I will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other, the other will be wrong. That is how the game is played. But uh, are we, Adrian? Are we having problems with the phone lines? No, I mean I just tested it. It seems to be working. Okay, eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. If we get a caller on the line in the next minute or so, we'll play the game. If not, then we'll still go over the questions. But I will choose how to give out or who gets to go into the drawing to possibly win today. Eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. Your chance is uh, right now to play our game, and to get in on the drawing that we will give out today. So here is the deal on our sponsor this week. St. Shinary is our sponsor name. They are generous to us to give us a prize pack to give away to some of you. You've all heard of of uh, Stationary, but this is St. Shinary. Uh, they are on Instagram. They are on Etsy. Uh, they are a small Catholic card shop that offers gifts, prints, stationary sets, home decor. Cards are based on images of various saints and holy men and women. If you're looking for a little something extra to go with your gifts for personalizing one of our cards, well, they're the ones for you. Uh, They're very generous to us. St. Shinary, thank you for your generous sponsorship of our prize pack. Let's go to the phones. And we did, all of a sudden, the phone lines lit straight up. Praise be to God. Thank you, everybody, for just calling in. Call in sooner makes everything a lot easier. But uh, call in Monday if you don't get on today. All right. Good morning to you, Nate. Thank you for being a part of our program. Where are you calling from? San Angelo, Texas. 
San Angelo, Texas. Have we ever had a San Angelo caller on before? I believe so. Uh, is it true or false, Nate? Uh, the 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 uh, the city uh, prides itself on the number of tumbleweeds that tumble on your highways. Is that true? Is that a rumor? Uh, no, we used to be the wool capital of the world, so that's the, what we pride ourselves on out here. Not tumbleweeds. Nope. So wool and not tumbleweeds, but no more wool. Not anymore. That's out in Europe. Now it is tumbleweeds, I guess. I guess you could say. <laughs> Where do you go to church, Nate? Uh, so I go to the military archdiocese here on the Goodfellow Air Force Base. Hey, praise be to God. Thank you for your service, by the way. We're very grateful to you. Uh, are you uh, familiar with the rules of this game? Do you know how, to, how it all works? I sure do. Praise be to God. Are you ready to play, Nate? Sure am. All right. We have to be careful of the trickiness of both Janice and Adrian. I, however, am on your team. So let's see if we can get you into this drawing today. Uh, these are all Halloween-related uh, themes questions. Let's go with Janice first, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Are you sure? Yep, I am 100%. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Janice, can you tell me, Halloween is the Christian Holy Day celebrating what? Halloween is the Christian Holy Day of the Vigil of All Saints Day. The Vigil of All Saints Day. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Hmm. All right, let's see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say here. Adrian, can you tell me, Halloween is the Christian Holy Day celebrating what? Dia de los Muertos, or... Day of the Dead or All Souls Day. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Nate, here's the deal. Um, Adrian seems to think it's celebrating the Day of the Dead, whereas Janice seems to think it is celebrating the Vigil of All Saints Day. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Nate, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian on this one. Are, are you sure? Oh! oh. <laughs> Give me a second anyway, Adrian. Good grief. <laughs> like, wow. See how tricky? You see that low curveball to the right corner and you swung? I'm sorry, Date, but in fact, it is uh, the Vigil of All Saints Day. Tricky lo siento, answer. Lo siento. Yeah. yeah, All Halloween, uh, Halloween stands for All Hallows Eve, the day before All Saints Day. Yeah. Yeah, tricky question, but it's the answer's in the name. But and, that's okay. And Dia de los Muertos is just a translation of All um, All Souls Day. And so uh, that would be uh, November 2nd, right? That's November 2nd, or yeah. the, the day yeah. after yeah. Halloween, mm. or the day after the All Saints Day. All right, don't fear, Nate. <laughs> We're going to get you into this. Now, if you listen to the interview we did in the last hour, this answer was in that interview. Just a little tip there for you. But let's go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me? What was the food given out on Halloween in exchange for prayers for deceased family members? And this occurred in Ireland and in the UK, and I imagine other parts as well. What do mm. we call that food? Yes, yummy. I would go, I'm going to go with soul cake, because you would pray for their souls when you got the cake. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. Uh, Janice, can you tell me? What was the food given out on Halloween in exchange for prayers for deceased family members? That is um, pan dulce. Um, what is it? Pan dulce. Pan dulce? Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> mm, is it? Okay, I wonder. All right, so Nate, here's the deal. 
Janice seems to think it's pan dulce, whereas Adrian seems to think it's soul cake. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Nate, what say you? Well, I didn't hear the interview, but pan dulce doesn't sound very Irish, so I'm going to go with Adrian. Cross my fingers. <laughs> well, I like your response. Adrian, cross my fingers. <laughs> there you, hey, well, you know. Uh, and, and, betting and, on Adrian work this time. And actually, I think this could have been both answers because in Mexico, traditionally, uh, in Mexico, we we do offer pan dulce and um, really? pan yeah. de muertos to the day, like the altar of the Day of the Dead. So my mom, growing up, we would put. Um, I'm I'm Mexican descent, so we would put. Um, it's a it's a Mexican uh, tradition, not not an American tradition for sure. Well, I, I would say anybody who wants to come to my house to bring us food to ask for prayers for the, for their deceased loved ones, <laughs> steak and potatoes. I'm just saying it's the way to go. All right, Nate, you're in the cup. Congratulations, praise be to God. Uh, you are you could possibly win today. God is so very good. But we have one more question, and I uh, I th- I want to say if you've been around any Knights of Columbus at all ever. This ought to be easy. Uh, we're going to go back to Janice. Janice, mm-hmm. can you translate for me Tempest Fugit, Memento Mori? What does that mean in English? Hmm. There's actually a, a Gregorian chant titled this, and I love, love this song. Um, and that stands for Time Flies, Remember Death. Time Flies, Remember Death. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian, can you translate for me? Tempus fugit, memento mori. Uh, Tempus fugit, memento mori would be uh, the days of wrath are near. <laughs> wow. Whew, that's a little heavy. The yeah. days of wrath are near. Yeah, huh? It's a song that we sing, D.A. Sire, uh, on the, the name like of the song. A- Vacation Bible school, school song or no, something like it's that? An all souls day. It's an All Saints <laughs> Day song. Imagine Vacation Bible <laughs> okay. School. Okay. Nate, here is the deal. Adrian seems to think Tempest Fugit Memento Mori means the day of wrath is near, whereas Janice seems to think it means time flies, remember death. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Nate, what say you? Well, that's not that good, but I'm going to go with Denise on this one. Survey says... Yeah, of course, the day of wrath, Adrian. Good grief. All right, praise be to God, Nate. You're in for two. That's not uh, Many people have won with last state. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, praise Nothing be to God. God. Now. Praise be. Where are you from originally, Nate? Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Praise be to Jesus for that. All, All right. right, so Janice is mm-hmm. mixing up the coffee cup of divine providence. It may... Or it may not be God's holy will that you okay. get drawn today, Nate. I don't know. We're going to have to just see how it goes. But uh, do you have a winner? Yes, I do. Our winner this week is Stacy Alferbaugh. Stacy, congratulations. Well done, Stacy. Yes, Stacy. Nate, I'm so sorry. It was not God's will today. But you can try again some other time. We're so glad to have you on the team. Thank you for your service and thank you for being a part of our show today. God bless you. God bless you, too. Have a great day, Nate. That is going to do it for Catholic Drive Time for the whole week. Praise be to Jesus. Don't forget, on Monday, we will not be live in studio. We have a pre-recorded program for you. Uh, Enjoy your Holy Day of Obligation. Go to Holy Mass. Pray for all saints. Pray for the dead as well. Celebrate Catholic. Celebrate Halloween like a Catholic, right? Amen. 
If you can, stick around for the after show on our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and hang out with, with us there for the next half hour. Until then, God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the After Show. Thank you for hanging out. Where we get a little bit more casual about our conversation and you get to drive that conversation with whatever you want to talk about. All you got to do is comment. Be our commenter. And if you're a first-time commenter, we lavish extra love upon you because you deserve it. Praise be to God. Buddy asks, what is the dropsies? Excuse my spelling. Uh, It's a retention of water. So if you've ever seen people with like really... Swollen legs, for instance, that's a good example of people who are retaining water. So dropsies. In fact, I, I said it's funny you mentioned that uh, just because in the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, they actually define it as part of the commentary today. A dropsy, a condition characterized by swelling in the body caused by fluid retention. So there you go. There you go. We're off to a good start. So here, a straw poll, is it, is it pecan or pecan? Uh, let's it's see. Pecan. It can't be pecan, dude. A pecan <laughs> is a can you pee in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is like, this is a hotly contested argument, I guess. Everybody so far in the comments has agreed. Uh, we had, uh, let's see, David L. said, my dad always said a pecan was something he used in the Navy. Uh, let's see. Who else commented on it? Jeff said it's pecan, not pecan. Uh, thank you. Um, so is that Mary two, Barone? Is that, is that two votes for pecan? Mary Barone said pecan. Lolol. Uh, pecan. So there you go. Lolol. You don't. Uh, <laughs> oh, I also real quick before we get too it, it deep into the heated debate of pecan versus pecan, um, I, I noticed that Facebook's doing something squirrely on the Catholic Drive Time live video feed on Facebook because uh, there are comments there that when I go to like them, they I'm told they no longer exist. And they're very innocent, like, good morning from Maureen. And I try to like it. It says, nope, it's not here anymore. And then I actually went and checked. And if if you open up a new web browser instance, then, yeah, they, they don't exist anymore. So for some odd reason, Facebook has removed Maureen saying good morning. Or uh, Mary Barone saying, thank you. I'll listen to the podcast, perhaps. Call out blessings for a treat. I'm so interested in Halloween topic. We'll check out the website. So I don't know why Facebook is doing this, or should we say the Matrix? I mean, Meta. Uh, why are they doing this? I don't know. But squirrely stuff going down lately is with it, their comments. Is it only going to be called Meta, or is it Meta no. something else? No. So what they said was Meta is the parent company, okay. and Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, all those other are going to be sub-companies underneath Meta. 
So Facebook's not going to change. So who's the owner of Meta? Uh, That would be George Soros. I mean, forgive me, uh, Zuckerberg. (laughs) Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Interesting. I was listening listening to mainstream radio the other day, and they were talking about... What is is mainstream radio? um, We are mainstream radio. Pop pop culture radio. And they they talked about Meta... Uh, the meta thing and they said they're they're trying to create um a virtual experience for people so that we can go shopping virtually meet with our friends virtually yeah, it's have called the like matrix. it's called the matrix yeah and it's a whole virtual yeah. world that you're they're gonna be trying plugged to create. in you'll be plugged in and you will won't want to go mm-hmm. out you'll just even even yeah. going to a restaurant will I, be virtually i saw the documentary it's a was a three now four-part series documentary on on the matrix right because i got a, the latest the Adrian's not even listening over there. He's listening to. I want to. What's the name? What are you listening? What's what are you, the name what are you of that doing documentary? <laughs> I'm responding to. I'm things. throwing sarcastic humor out, and you're not swinging. You're uh, making comments about the Matrix. And I'm like, eh, you know, man, it happens. Uh, Mike says, "Not pecan. Pecan sounds like something a Yankee would say." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's Agreed. pecan. Yeah, pecan. Yeah, buddy. That's funny. Speaking about documentaries, I went to go see Purgatory last night with my husband. Is it a documentary? It's kind of like a documentary. Oh, it's a drama. Like dramatic. Dramat- yes, yeah. and yeah. it was actually really good, and I really loved it. Highly recommend it. Uh, for me, it was more, it was very educational and mm-hmm. very, like, informative for... Yeah. Because it's, it's not like a purely documentary, but it's also not like a movie storyline. It's kind of like a merging of the two. And um, yeah, I so as an artist myself, um, I'm, I'm all about supporting other Catholic artists. So uh, when I see Catholic art or someone trying to, to create Catholic art, um, especially if it's if it has a good message and it was actually sponsored by the the fathers of divine i think it's the fa- the marian the marians yeah the, the Out mic's of Massachusetts. yeah the ones with the divine mercy um mm. shrine um sure. and they uh they actually gave a talk at the end of the movie as well was the film in english dubbed over or was it subtitled it was both um well so i think 80% of it was in Pol- Polish? Was yeah, so Pol- were were they speaking Polish and they had English subtitles or did yes. they did they change the soundtrack and had American actors do the voices that they put over on top? No, so everything was in Polish oh, okay, and good. they had the accents which made it very authentic for me. Uh but when they did have B-roll, like when no one was they didn't have a talking face, yeah. they would have English um they would have an English narrator. I I, I my preference is I don't like it when they create a new soundtrack because they almost it's almost always not as good as the original. Like the the quality of the sound mix, the music and the and the dialogue, that mix down is never as good when they're trying to create change a foreign film into into an English one. Mm. I almost preferred to just put the subtitles up on the screen mm. and leave the original well, sound. Well, I, I would say 80% of it was in Polish. Or actually, not Polish. I think it was Italian. Actually, Are you sure? yeah. I thought it was a Polish company that made it. No. Well, there it was a, there was a lot of Italian priest. Um, but were they was speaking Padre, Polish? Was Padre Pio uh, Italian or yeah. Polish? Oh, yeah. He was. Uh, yeah, San yeah, Giovanni Rotondo. Yeah, he's, right. he's Italian. All okay, the way. so yeah, because Padre Pio is Italian, a lot of um, his brothers or like peop- um, 
uh, priests or brothers that are part of the uh, Padre Pio order were featured in the film. The Capuchins? And they, they traveled to Italy? And so they were, they had uh, a lot of Italian oh, priests. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. So uh, they had so a little bit of Polish. Bits, and the acting bits were probably all in Polish, but the documentary bits were not. The documentary bits, bits were all in their native language. Got it. Okay. Um, so that's why it, like 80% of it was in the native language. But um, when they had like B-rolls, that when, that's when, that's the only time that you would hear English. Uh, but the English parts did not seem off at all. But um, yeah, my husband he loved it too. Uh, he we yeah for for me it was very uh, meditative, a very like prayerful kind of like a yeah. I think for me what I what I took away from it the most <laughs> I think it's um, you know praying for souls. It really encouraged me to realize like how much we need to pray for souls in purgatory. Yeah. And I don't think that's a topic that a lot of people talk about a lot. So here's um, a question then. How many the of you guys, how many of you, raise your hand, uh, how many of you uh, pray prayers for the faithful departed when you pass cemeteries? I do. Every time? Every time. Every time. How about this? I pray, uh, also pray for the souls in purgatory before every meal. How about, yes, we do as, we do as well. Mm-hmm. But how about this? How about every time you pass a marker on the side of the road where someone died in a car accident? Do you pray then? That's a that's a custom we pray as a family. Uh, my wife is better at it than I am, but let me tell you an interesting story. So when we went last year on our mission trip to Montana, when you get into Montana, it, the, the the number of signs that you see on the side of the road dramatically increases. Like you'll see them every once in a while in Texas. You'll see them every once in a while in other states. But then you get into Montana and you see them constantly. They are everywhere. We lost count. And sometimes we it's all we were doing is praying these prayers for the faithful departed because there were so many. Little, they, and in Montana, they put up these crosses. And I'm guessing it's because it's, it's probably a state, a function of the state to install these crosses. Whereas everywhere else, it's like your loved one died, so you go and you personally put a cross there. Whereas in Montana, the state regulates it, I guess, and they manage the process. So there's they're everywhere on their roads. Man, there are so many. It was crazy to see. Mm. But I'm curious if you guys do you guys prayed those prayers uh, at at cemeteries, at uh, markers on the sides of roads, or do you pray for the souls in purgatory before meals? I pray uh, three Hail Marys every time I pass by the abortion clinic, uh, the abortion mill. We pass by it often. On my ways home, uh, so every time I pass by, I say three Hail Marys. And that was another thing that I loved about the film is that they emphasized death in various forms. So they talked about like suicide, abortion, um, euthanasia. Like there's just different ways that people uh, confront death. And so um, they talked about purgatory uh, from various different ways that people come to. Um, come to purgatory and yeah. that's like through like miscarriages or like uh, uh suicide or just like natural death or euthanasia and so i i really appreciated the different categories that they presented um death the reality of death yeah um yeah well praise be to god hopefully i'll get to see that film uh soon probably have to stream it um but yeah i think it's still in theaters today if anybody wants to see it is it? I think so. I think today's the last day. I saw on their website that they only had two showings. They uh, only had the 25th and the 28th. But oh, okay. That might be true. That's probably yeah. true. For some reason, I thought it was also on Friday, but I could be wrong about that. I was huh. just running off of memory. 
So what is everybody doing for Halloween? What are your customs? What are your celebrations? I am dressing up as a... Um, Zombie? No, a, a vampire. And <laughs> I'm going to go trick-or-treating Dude, vampire, right after I leave the haunted house. I'm vampires are so 10 years ago. Well, honestly, vampires are super cool. It's uh, They are... The concept of vampires actually come from a Protestant book. Like, so they did a book, Dracula, which was written by a Protestant about Catholics. And, so they, get, and so they get really bad theology in there. But it's actually incredibly cool because they, the Protestants had a misunderstanding of the Eucharist, but they had an understanding of the Eucharist. Yeah. And so they like – It's like have, the photo negative. Right. So it's yeah. kind of interesting to see. It's like, I always talk about the, like, the hostile witness is the best yeah. witness. And they were talking about how, like, oh, yeah, the Catholics, they put the Eucharist on the floor uh, on by the uh, door so that the vampires couldn't come in because the Eucharist, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, whoa, like, like <laughs> that's horrible. But at yeah. the same time, you recognize that there's a power there. Or, or um, the sacramentals used. The sacramentals used wearing the woman crucifix, holy water. In the original Dracula. Garlic. He, he couldn't um, bite her neck because yeah. she was wearing a rosary. Yeah. Um, another right. thing that happened was, um, but like oh, the garlic is even interesting to me, uh, even on a lower form. Why is garlic uh, sort of uh, used to expel these uh, these creatures? Because garlic is a great natural th- thing that can actually help you stay healthy. <laughs> it's, well, so even at, even like every element has it's like a photo negative of reality in many ways. Right. And then the 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 whole concept of a vampire is the inversion of Christ. Yeah. Because he is a uh, Instead of giving his blood for others, he's taking exactly. your blood for himself. Yeah. Instead of giving his life for others, he's taking your life for the, to uh, extend his own. Uh, so it's, it's really incredibly powerful. And then how do you kill a vampire? Drive a stake through the, the heart. Uh, it used to be referred to like it was a crucifix uh, because of it. its wooden element. It refers back to the wood of the cross. So the entire uh, mythology surrounding Dracula and the vampires actually has incredibly catholic roots and it's very interesting to, to look at yeah. um i'm not saying that we should rec- i'm recommending dressing as as vampires or anything like that i just think mm. it's, it's very fascinating but it's it amazes me how hollywood went through this period where everything was vampire related television shows movies yeah. and it was just over the top this whole gothic thing you know and then it now it's gone into zombie apocalypse uh season and i think we're coming out of that now praise be to god um but you know that twix commercial we saw Trying to you know make make uh, the occult natural and normal and tie it into transgenderism and the rest. So twisted our society. Mm. So very twisted. Susan Weber says. By the way, Facebook has removed your comment. Uh, but Susan Weber says, day by day for the holy souls in purgatory uh, by Susan Tassone is my daily prayer book. Well, there you go. Praise be to mm. God. Praying for the souls in purgatory. Um, yeah, we're 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 gonna go visit the cemetery this weekend and pray. Just like uh, we have some extended family relatives, and we're gonna go visit them at the cemetery and then pray a rosary Good. out I, there. I recommend if uh, you could, if you're not gonna go next week and you're only gonna go once, go next week instead because you can receive an indulgence for the souls in purgatory. If you go in a plenary indulgence for the souls in purgatory, if you go the week um, of uh, All Hallows, um, I'm trying to think of the terminology, All Hallows Tide. There we go. All yeah. Hallows Tide, which is the week, uh, ten, I think it's um, eight days after All Saints Day. So the, this eight days following All Saints Day, you can receive a plenary indulgence by going to visit the, soul, the, uh, the cemeteries. 
Mike on Odyssey says he needs to start doing the, the prayers for the faithful departed again. He said he used to do it when he was a kid. And he also says, uh, he uh, when it comes to Halloween, he says, my kids cured me of the desire to do much. I think this year we will we will pray for those who have passed on to judgment. Yeah, amen. Um, let's see here. The, the, I think Facebook's got some wacky things going down with their comment. Eric said, what kind of beer do ghosts bring to a party? Answer, booze. <laughs> good one. A good one, Eric. We love it. Praise be to God. Hey, for, oh, just for real quick. Uh, so it looks like the commenting on the GRN side of Facebook seems to be working just fine. It's just the commenting on Catholic Drive Time side that's no bueno. Uh, she also says, also live next to a cemetery family out of my back door. So she, I guess she has an easy little trip to make prayers in the mm. cemetery soon. Go ahead, Janice, you were saying? I was just going to ask, what are your favorite memories of how you and your family have celebrated uh, Halloween? I guess, like, have you guys always liturgically celebrated Halloween? Or have you, what are your, what are the different ways that you guys have celebrated Halloween? For my family, you know, when I was a kid, we, we celebrated it, but from mm -hmm. a pagan standpoint, from a, from a purely secular standpoint. So, like, I remember dressing up as Fidel Castro as a kid. Fidel Castro. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little <laughs> communist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you now know. you're anti-communist. Uh, uh, yeah. I wasn't pro-communist back then either. Yeah, I'm but. trying to figure out, like, uh, what would, like, just, like ninjas were very popular. Ninjas make sense. Ninja. I, uh, I did the ninja thing. Like, if you had the said ninja vampires or, or, you know, yeah. zombies or, like, I was never into that kind of thing. Michael I was, Myers. What kind of parent dresses Castro? their kid Fidel as a Castro. communist? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What was the conversation and there? And your, and your parents decided that for you, uh, or you well, chose that? My parents that? were divorced, so my parents, okay. uh, you know, I, my, I, a lot of secularism going down in my place. But uh, yeah, Fidel Castro, you I'm know, so just, confused. He's, about he's this. a bad guy. Fidel Castro's a bad guy. He's a he's a horrible character. Mm. So oh. he's a scary okay. guy. Well, there you go. I you guess know? that's kind of base. How many people were murdered under the reign of Fidel Castro? How many people are still suffering thanks Maybe to the reign of Fidel Castro? Maybe all my roommates to dress up as a, yeah. as a, all a bunch of serial killers would be like uh, Mao, <laughs> yeah, exactly. would be, uh, Stalin, <laughs> right. Hitler, and yeah. uh, Fidel Castro. So, yeah. so, uh, I, I, I mean, of course, so we did the door to door uh, trick or treating thing, but like uh, we would do it not, like not with parents. We just go like throughout the whole neighborhood. Like, good luck doing that these days. You know, nobody mm. lets their kids just go anymore uh, because yeah. why? It's a scary world we live in. It's more scarier now than when I was a kid. But, you know, and I remember after my conversion experience, um, you know, still wanting to celebrate the holiday, but being conflicted about the secular nature of it and not wanting to embrace the secular nature of it and trying to figure out what that means. And then, you know, mm. I've said now many times, growing traditional really is a process of understanding the traditional and patrimony of the, of the traditional pieties. Like, what mm -hmm. are these? Like, if you've never studied them, you if you, like, hmm, how do I say this? So, like, Janice, mm -hmm. your family has encultured certain traditions as a part of normal life that you understand intuitively. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't. My family has been divorced from its heritage now for uh ever like my family came mm -hmm. from scotland in the seven in the 18th century okay, and they were probably calvinists when they did that by that point the mclean clan but traditionally is catholic but by then they were probably protestants mm -hmm. and even then you know we there's no sense of that tradition my wife portuguese 
has, like you, a, a, a sense of this tradition ingrained that becomes normal, natural, and intuitive. So lots mm-hmm. of things that are Catholic in their, in their identity and their history are just normal behaviors. They, think, they don't even think of them as Catholic, where I don't have that in my family. So becoming Catholic mm-hmm. has really been a journey of, well, what, the, what, what did we do? Why did we do it? When did, when did it happen? So like the soul cake thing. Mm-hmm. Understanding that as being part of the part of the origins of trick or treating is fascinating. Mm-hmm. People giving out uh, obviously double layered uh, death by chocolate cake. Mm, that's not quite what he said. I'm but pretty sure that's what pretty he, sure he, he said. He just, meant that just bread with spice. He was intuiting Spiced that, bread. like he was, in, you know, suggesting that it was right. double layered death by chocolate cake. Well, I promise. If yeah. anybody brings me mm. death by chocolate cake, I will pray for whoever you want me to. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. Uh, there you go. Yeah, but uh, no, like you see what I'm saying? It's like, uh, so yeah. struggling with the idea of, well, I've only ever known secularism. What does it mean to be a Catholic? What does it mean to be Christian? What, what are the patrimonies and traditions that are handed down from one generation to the next when you aren't given that? experience it's not like that's the beautiful part about communities cultures who hand things down from one generation to the next that's lost in the american public Mm -hmm. um and which is part of the tragedy by the way of immigrants coming to our country Mm -hmm. in droves Mm -hmm. and losing their cultural identity Mm -hmm. only to become secular uh uh, americans like everybody else well to be fair most of our the cultural um, heritage in most countries have reverted to paganism. All the holidays, all the, and the worldwide, yeah, they bring them to yeah, the you're U.S. Right. You're and not wrong about that. They're already paganized, so it's not America isn't doing it in. America pretty much just says just stop doing them all together. We're just further along than the rest, right? We're more atheistic, or the other countries are more pagan. I would say, I would argue, and uh, so that's what I would say about that. But I, I definitely think that we need to reclaim, and that's what I really liked when we were interviewing Timothy Flanders. He was saying how, and yes. this is part of his series with Charles Fraun. Mm-hmm. He was saying uh, having him write. He was making the point that we are trying to reclaim these cultural things and try to let people know, hey, this is how we used to do these things in the past because these things were not written down more. You have to like mm-hmm. search for them. You had to search for like references of it because people weren't writing down. Okay, in 1872, we give out soul cake and we gave them away because of this. Like, no, the people just did it. It was just a practice that people did. And so you got to hunt down like references to these things later on Mm -hmm. um, and then bring them back in order for people to understand what was happening in the past and how can we bring this back as a Christian culture and, oh, divorce from the paganism Mm -hmm. uh, because the paganism element of it is so imbued into everything. It's like Day of the Dead, incredibly paganized. All a lot of the Christian parts of it have been purged out. And so it's very, very dangerous. Uh, I was talking yesterday to, I went to the mall and I saw a guy with a Houston firefighter uh, shirt on. So I went to go talk to him uh, just because, you know, I just like firefighters and my dad is a firefighter. Um, and he, we, so me and him were talking and it turns out he was a uh, former Catholic. He was Mexican, former Catholic. And he was like, yeah, I filmed out. I realized that our lady Guadalupe wasn't real. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a fake story made up wow. and he, uh, so he actually created his own church. Mm-hmm. And so he said, our lady Fatima was demons. Um, and he was like making all these things. So we ended up talking for like two hours yesterday. Uh, I got home super late because I ended up staying way longer than I needed to. I was like, just wanted to say, Hey, you know, my dad and just chat about it. But we ended up talking for two hours about, um, the, all sorts of things. And I was just like, it <laughs> breaks my heart to see, uh, people, especially Mexicans, 
reject Our Lady Guadalupe and reject the Catholic faith, it mm-hmm. just breaks my heart. I mean, they, they hold on in whether or not they become Protestant, create their own churches, become yeah. atheistic. They're rejecting Our Lady. They're rejecting the right. graces that are provided for this country. And that's yeah. the same in like France and all these other countries. And they turn these holidays into something else. They distort them and it becomes perverted, not perverted in like a um, sexual way, but perverted in a it's distorted from what it was. Yeah. So I have a theory. I think that the destruction of tradition like over the generations has been closely connected to the idea of the destruction of the family amen, and the destruction of like masculinity and femininity because I think of uh, my husband and I were talking about this last night. We were talking about ethos, pathos and logos. And we said like, you know, if you only have logos when you're evangelizing and you're only giving facts, but you don't have ethos or pathos, the message doesn't come off as very, um, appealing or just uh for example like the like the documentary we watched last night um had all of those it had ethos pathos logos but if it were only an apologetical film about purgatory it would have been received differently and so we were talking about how um in a home you know the the man usually uh is in charge of passing down tradition through the like the logos like the truth like being being um, the leader when it comes to like uh, uh, leading the family towards the truth. Um, Whereas like the woman, I think have a special role of passing down tradition through beauty and uh, like practices, like familial practices. Like for example, we're talking about the bread, you know, um, what happens when you don't have the, 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 uh, a mom or, you know, a mom, uh, communicating these things to their children and like passing passing down these traditions. And so I think of like how modernism um, has really taken that away from families. And I don't know. So I, I really been thinking about this topic a lot lately and um, I could go on a rant really long. But um, yeah, <laughs> well, basically it's, it's like down in the family. The, the family yeah. is under attack mm-hmm. and it's the fabric of society. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that. We see that all the time. Just like the going back to that Twix uh, video, the Twix commercial that we were commenting on in the What's Concerning Us section today. Um, it's clearly an attack on the family. There's no mom and dad depicted in, in, the, in the thing. Uh, there's just a little boy wearing a princess dress, nannied by a woman who embraces the occult, <laughs> threatening the, quote, norm- normie people, all right? Uh, everybody mm-hmm. who's normal is bad and villainous in that, in, that fo- in that footage. I mean, good grief, Twix. Really? Like, you couldn't help yourself? Like, I mean, you sell candy bars for crying out loud. You don't need to have an opinion on the woke generation. You don't. You just need to sell candy bars. It's your only job is to sell candy bars. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the way it goes down in our world today. The attack on the family is so much, which is why moms and dads have to make tough decisions. You have to decide. You might get accused of being a helicopter parent, but so, and, you know, too bad. I don't care. Uh, these are my kids, and we're going to raise them the way we want. The, you know, like I say in my house, there are things that on my deathbed I will not regret. You know, and uh, not embracing the the woke culture is definitely not going to be high on the list of things that I will regret on my deathbed. You'd probably regret if you did it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm not you know giving my kids more internet time. Nope, I ain't gonna regret that. Video games, eh, sorry, not gonna regret that. Embracing crazy movies, uh, television shows, or Twix bars, nope, not gonna regret those things. Sorry, but college you is you're sheltering them, and I'm trying to help raise them to a point where when they stand on their own two feet and have to face this world by themselves, they have been prepared to make proper, reasonable, good decisions, to live in a state of, of grace, and to uh, strive to obtain uh, eternity. Because as Adrian's uh, scary video that we sent to our email Yikes. list yesterday, too few are saved. Yeah, that's... Honestly, it's incredibly terrifying. If you haven't read the the Sermon of Port Maurice and you don't want to hear me read it, go just go look it up and read it. I mean, you you make that if you want to do something scary for Halloween, more than scarier than any um, haunted house, scarier than any costume. If you go read the Sermon of Saint, uh, Leonard of Port Maurice on the fewness of the saved, or go listen to me read it, and it's even scarier if you hear me read it because I do such a bad job that it's like. Uh, that is terrifying. But mm-hmm. anyway, the uh, <laughs> and that's not, and despite the fact that I am horrible uh, reader, yeah. the it you have yeah, check it out, all. check it out. It's it's really moving, and he did it out of love for souls. He talks very extensively like this is this should terrify you. Yeah, the fact that like, if he said uh, he's making the point, he's like, if there's a hundred thousand people here, and only one is saved. You should do everything to be that one person. And if, yeah. let's just say hypothetically, there's 100,000 people and only one is damned, you better make darn sure that you're not that one. <laughs> yeah, because like, right. like, and nothing else matters at the end of the day. Like, this, is, this is huge. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. It's very huge. Tammy says she was talking about being a kid uh, on Loring Air Force Base in Maine. We went to the hospital after trick-or-treating, and they would X-ray the candy to make sure that there was safe. Because back in those days, the good old days, I remember these days, they would put pins and needles in the candies. And they would put razor blades in the apples. Remember, some people give you apples Yikes. or fruit, and you, there might be some razors in there. Tammy, That's why I don't eat fruit. Tammy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a joke going around on Twitter, because uh, that's been a joke about people putting things in candy now. And they say, like, uh, man... I've been into my snicker bar and look what I found. And it's uh, the Summa Theologia inside yeah, of it. That's <laughs> and it's like, uh, someone's like, that's I'm going to, I'm going to pass out. Those uh, Catholics. I'm going to ca- pass out USB drives filled with the Summa well, uh, for Halloween. We used well, to pass out Bible verses with the candy back oh, in the early days. Yeah. I remember doing, getting that. Yeah. Uh, we would pass out holy cards instead of candy yeah, because we didn't sense. have candy. So oh, we just sense. gave out makes holy sense. cards. Makes sense. <laughs> Um, there's been a lot of people here too. Kathy, I just want to mention before we say goodbye for the weekend here, S. Franco and Colin and Tammy, of course, Kathy, praise be to God. Uh, Al- Alaric, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. David L., thank you for hanging out with us. And uh, Kim Sunderman and uh, Manya, <laughs> Jeff Burrier and the Burrier family, Clarissa, good morning to you. Sandy Sauer, I think we might have missed you. You might have been a very first time commenter. My apologies. We'll make up for that on Tuesday morning or, or right now. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. And the Becky and uh, everybody hanging out with us, Buddy and Don and Eric Rodriguez and everybody hanging out with us this morning. Praise be to God. Thank you for that. Junior Barra, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. You guys have a great weekend. Mary Barone, bye. Bye, Felicia. Praise be to Jesus. Maureen, good morning to you. Have a great day, Mike. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round of Cali Drive Time. Until then.